Welcome to Career and Leadership Real Talk, the no-nonsense guide for ambitious managers who want to have more impact and progress their career. I'm Pamela Langan, a job search coach and expert CV writer specialising in helping frustrated professionals land the jobs and pay rises they know they deserve. And I'm Jackie Jagger, a leadership and mindset coach specialising in helping newly promoted and new to role leaders to avoid the dickhead trap and lead with confidence. Between us, we've helped hundreds of leaders and managers to find new roles, take ownership of their careers, and handle the challenges that job searches and leadership responsibility inevitably bring. And now we're joining forces to share with you what we know has worked for our clients. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode. We are going to be talking today about your first 90 days. So this is for you if you are in job search mode and looking for a new role elsewhere. It's for if you are preparing for or have just got yourself a promotion and you're moving into a new role. And we're going to be exploring all of the stuff you can do that can really set you up for success and making sure that you fly in that role. So Pam, I imagine this comes up a lot for your clients. Yes. So as soon as my clients get that job offer, they accept and then they go into the the process of handing over in the current position. I always say to them, right now is the time. So obviously get your head straight, get your handover started and all the rest of it. But start thinking about the first 90 days in your new job because it's the ideal time to make a real impact. And a lot of people go into a new job expecting the company to have an onboarding plan and to have that first 90 days mapped out for them. And I find nine times out of 10, there isn't really any onboarding plan or any first 90 days. And usually you're going into a situation where everyone's already busy. Your line manager has, has already got a lot on their plate. So, you know, then you go in expecting them to create this plan for you whereas if you go in and take ownership and you manage that process and you manage those first 90 days you'll make a massive impact and it will really help you from a confidence point of view and also a settling in point of view as well you know if you've got those first 90 days defined and if they give you something then you can work that in parallel you can compare and see what they've got is there anything missing from your plan and then you can use the two of them in parallel to make sure that you're ticking all of their boxes but they're ticking your boxes as well I don't know whether you find this but I often find that the intention is there with 90-day plans and people think about them and maybe start to put something together sometimes it's part of the recruitment process that you actually get asked to put together a kind of first one month week one month one and then three month plan but seeing them through is not always as easy so how do you advise people to make sure that they can actually not just have the idea of a plan but actually use that plan and see the benefit so the way that I work with clients is I always start by explaining what actually happens in those first 90 days. And from my experience, from my own personal experience, and from speaking to hundreds and hundreds of people now about their experience, what happens is generally you'll go in the first two weeks is, you know, that, that fact finding part of the new job. So you go in and you are the new person. And you're trying to learn everything, you're trying to learn everyone's names, you're trying to understand the company, you're trying to understand where you fit in. And then all of a sudden you land in week three 
and you're expected to just crack on with the job because you've had two weeks now, you know, to figure out what you're doing. So now it's get, get stuck in, let's go. Most people that I work with are managers. They'll have a team that they'll need to start getting to know and start to work more closely with. So by the time they get to like week three and week four, they're almost in at the deep end, just going with the flow and trying to keep their head above water. So they miss all of that crucial stuff where they could be really, you know, getting under the skin of what they actually need to deliver more around what the company expects and also what their managers expect. So what I do is start by explaining that this is generally what's going to happen so that they're ready for it. So they know after two weeks, they're just going to, or sometimes it's sooner, but they're going to be at some point expected to just get started and get stuck in. So what I say to people is that the key thing is to follow the process. So thinking about the 90-day plan and what that looks like, the first month is always going to be about getting used to the company, getting to know the company, understanding the mission and the vision of the company early on. Lots of people miss that out. So they don't really get under the skin of what that means and how that translates to their role and how they need to then roll it out to the people that work for them. So it's a great opportunity to do that and also creating the stakeholder maps and things like that. So you are fully aware of who your stakeholders are and you can plan to speak to all of them. And what I usually say is I have a 90-day checklist for people to go through. And what I say is plan the stuff into your calendar and each at the end of each week, review what you've done and where you're up to and anything that's missed, can you plan that in for the following week? Because I think what can happen is you can get so bogged down or so engrossed and let's go, let's just get to work, that all of the planning goes out of the window. So it's really important to always have that checklist, plan it into your calendar and make a conscious effort to almost report into yourself on where you're up to. And if you are ticking everything off on that list, because what you'll find is some of the bits that you're missing might impact your success you know as you move on further into the role so you can plan in those conversations you can plan in those meetings and you can make a conscious effort to make sure that you're getting all of that foundation information into your head really laying that foundation for the success moving forward and when you do that you'll find that it's really easy to make an impact and to feel confident in the role because you you'll know this from your clients won't you that like go into the role and you get that imposter syndrome and all of that stuff going on because you didn't give yourself enough time to really understand the business and what you needed to deliver yeah and I I refer to those first 30 days that first four weeks or so as an intentional learning phase it's where the focus of your time and attention should be intentional learning about the things where you have got gaps and that comes in a number of different areas so I love that advice of um, checking in with yourself and reporting in to yourself as being a way to actually check back and think what was my intention and have I done that because that's I think where it does start to fall down like you say momentum gathers you're getting invited once people know your name and know that you're there you'll get invited to meetings you'll get included in discussions and conversations and it's easy to feel the pressure to take more action and it's easy to be swayed away from that intentional learning so yeah absolutely love that phrase of checking in with yourself and reporting back to yourself on that checklist so 
what about when you get past that kind of intentional learning phase? What comes next then? So beyond that first 30 days where you've got through that initial knowledge piece, you know who the important people are, you've got a bit of a sense of your team and how they work, you understand the company and the vision, mission, values and all of that piece. What comes next? So I suppose at that point, once you've got all of that foundational stuff is like what I call it, now is the time where you can start going a little bit deeper. So you can, you've got all of the information around the mission and the vision and everything, but this is where then you start looking at how that translates into your role and your team. And this is where you can start looking for the quick wins and things that you can identify. And these are the things that are really going to allow you to make an impact. But if you don't do that foundational work, you might squat something that's a potential quick win, but because you've not got that real understanding, it might not actually be a quick win. So you can give yourself that opportunity to understand where you can make a difference, where you can start making an impact based on what you've learned in that first month. And I think once you get to month two, so you're into like the 60-day period, then that's where you'll want to start thinking about your objectives and what they look like because at that point you've got the foundations almost nailed so it, this is where you want to be sitting down with your line manager where you want to be setting objectives where you want to be expanding your network and creating your your own personal development plan or professional development plan because it's like what are you going to do over the next six to 12 months to to grow personally and professionally, but also to make sure that you're delivering in that role as well? Yeah, I refer to this as the negotiate your mandate phase. So yeah. it's that element of, like you say, okay, now that I've got that initial context, what is it that I'm going to be focused on? And we talked about this when the episode, when we were talking about taking ownership of your own onboarding, we talked about how it just doesn't seem to happen that often that people get given clear objectives, especially if you start outside of a typical kind of appraisal or performance review cycle. So many people either don't have objectives or effectively the whoever was in the role before yeah here's the objectives here you go and it's not discussed and agreed and then what you can find is that it's not really clear what other people expect of you or what their priorities are and doing some of that piece of creating that I think really shows that ownership and initiative at an early phase because what you're doing is saying okay from what I can gather, these are the real priorities. This is what you're going to want to see from me. If I can deliver that for you, is that going to be what you want and hope for and expect? And that can really show you in a really positive light as someone who is commercial, focused on objectives, aligning your objectives to the business priorities, taking account of that context and the intentional learning phase, there's so many boxes ticked with taking ownership of that process. How do you guide people then when they are looking for which quick wins to prioritize? I'm really curious about that. That is a good question as well, because what I usually do with that, so when you're looking at what the quick wins are, my background is is process business analysis. So for me, it's very much about you need to understand 
the the basics. You need to understand what, basically you need the foundational knowledge to be able to make that decision. Now, the way that I would then say you would prioritize is what is what is going to have the most impact that is not going to have any major knock-on effects? What is going to save money? So things like one of my clients this week is very much contact center-based. So it was a, there was a few quick wins there. There was a few process changes that they could make without needing to put it through the entire change process to reduce average handling time and things like that. So it was like, okay, this could have an impact straight away. It's going to cost virtually nothing. It's going to be an hour training to deliver a new process. So that would be high up on the priority list. So anything that you can make a change to that isn't going to impact anything else, that is going to allow you to show some kind of cost saving or an increase in productivity or something along those lines is what I would recommend as the changes and the quick wins that get prioritized. Anything that needs more input or needs to go through a change process or needs approval from the change board or something like that, for example, then you might want to think about how that would maybe fit in with another project, which is where your stakeholder management and your getting to know your stakeholders is really key because the more conversations you have, you can say, I've spotted this, that thing could be attached to another project. It could run alongside something else. So by getting to know your stakeholders, understanding the business processes and understanding the impacts of the business, then you can then prioritize based on what can you just run with yourself, what needs input from other people, and then obviously what needs to be a longer term project is usually how I would say to prioritize. That's really interesting, our different backgrounds and the different slightly different approaches. So the way that I always talk about this with clients is look for two things when you're looking for quick wins, look for things that will make your team's life easier and look for things that will make your boss's life easier. Because if you can find a quick win in each of those areas, they don't have to be huge things, but they are things that really support the connection and building of really important relationships. And those can be as simple as keeping your boss more informed, producing communication that makes their life easier is often quite a simple thing. And likewise with your team, it can be things about just having some of those conversations in the first 30 days of what have you liked about how you've been managed before, not just by the person that was before you, but equally when they've been elsewhere, what what do they want from you as their manager? And I think if you can look for those quick wins, that for me really cements the relationship. So I love that we've got those different backgrounds and perspectives and bring different angles to it. So how about then looking beyond that first 60 days? So as you're going from 60 to 90 days, probably feel by then that you've been there forever, can't really remember life before you were in that role. What needs to happen in that phase for someone to then continue to flourish? So I suppose at the start of that next phase, it's all about evaluating your progress, isn't it? And seeing what you've learned and what is coming up next. So in the first 90 days, it's all about those short-term goals. It's all about the learning. It's all about recognizing those quick wins and getting a feel for 
the company and your team and all of that kind of stuff. And I think then from that point onwards, it's about, okay, what are the long-term objectives? What are the long-term goals? Because at that point, you're going to be going through that probation period. Most companies have three months probation. So you'll be going through that probation period. So you want to be looking at what are the longer-term goals? What am I delivering in the long-term? Looking for opportunities to innovate, maybe taking on some new responsibilities based on, and this could be based on the things that you've identified as quick wins and generally just seeking out feedback from your manager, from your colleagues, from your team, just so that you are constantly, and I suppose we, when we talk about the, when we talked about feedback in one of our previous podcast episodes, so asking for feedback in the right way to make sure that you are well informed that you're doing the right things that people are happy within your team or that you've got that information or that specific feedback for you to progress and I feel like that is the same in the first 90 days as you get towards the end of that 90 days that's where you want to be going okay so now I've laid the foundations and what do I need to do to move forward what are the longer term plans because at 90 days you're not new anymore you're well established and as you say you probably feel like you've been there for five years or you can't remember life before that new company so it is about evaluating your progress at this point and figuring out like what next and if you've followed through what we've talked about in those first 90 days then you'll be in a really really strong position because you'll have real strong foundations and because you'll have the strong foundations I'm sure at that point your confidence levels will be fairly high you'll be ready to just get stuck in and drive the business forward in whatever role that you're working in so I think it is key to almost stop evaluate and look at the long-term plans yeah Definitely agree with that. I think one of the things that also sits within that first 90 days is that element of really understanding. I think in the early days, it's common for people to focus on the kind of vertical relationships. So your relationship with your boss and with your team. And like I've just said, I think there's definitely great opportunity for quick wins and for building those relationships. But what I think often hasn't happened as much in the first 90 days when people reflect is they haven't always had as much awareness or intentional relationship building with peers, colleagues, other senior stakeholders. And I think that I often find that kind of comes up further down the line. If you haven't invested in those relationships because you've been very focused. I think people often are very focused on their team. And then what you find is if you are then involved in business-wide projects or when you're, like you say, thinking about what are you going to contribute over the next six to 12 months, you're going to need those relationships. So it's a good point to take stock of those kinds of things and figure out, okay, what am I going to need? If I'm going to deliver that for the business in the next six to 12 months, What have I not already got from my first 90 days that I am now going to need in this next phase in order to deliver that? And I think that kind of sense check and taking stock is so important. And do you suggest that clients continue to have 90 day plans or do you look at it as that kind of one off thing? 
So I definitely advise continuing to plan for every further 90 days after after that initial time period. You want to keep planning. Obviously, the next 90 days is going to be different to the first 90 days because you've already got that foundational knowledge. You've already got that understanding of the company. But what doesn't change or what wouldn't change is the evaluation of your progress, is your, your ability to continue building relationships and expanding your network and also the goal setting and checking in with yourself to make sure that you are achieving those goals and you are moving forward and if you're not achieving them what do you need and making sure that your personal development plan is is working in parallel so that you're picking up anything you feel you need to work on and you are looking for the opportunities to to work on those things and I think one of the key things that I always talk to my clients about is from pretty much day one of any new job you should be thinking about what the next step is because this is and when I say next step what is the next job after that now people will probably be thinking oh wow (laughs) just got into the into this new job I don't want to be thinking about the next step but if you think about it from from stakeholder and building your network point of view when you're brand new in any job the easiest time to build those relationships is from day one because you can go and introduce yourself as the new person and you can go and have those conversations at that point you're not expected to know everything you're not expected to have all the answers or anything like that so it's an easier way to start building those relationships so what I always say is if you can and if you do want to take the next step in the future then it's who do I who needs to be on my stakeholder map who do I need to start building relationships with who can I start getting to know now and go and introduce myself to and as you say the strength of those relationships even when it comes to delivering your own work in the future it's really key and it's so easy to approach somebody and say oh I'm new who are you what do you do let me tell you a bit about me without the pressure of it being six months down the line and then you've got to go and speak to that person about about a work issue or something that you're working on or something that that is going on that is not like I'm brand new and it's my first week or my first month and I just wanted to say hello and stuff so much easier I think at that point to start building those relationships and especially if you're thinking of internal promotion in the future it's such a great time I think to to get to know people it is and I think it's an interesting one because I never had that advice in my career and I can totally reflect back and see how beneficial that could have been if it was something that I'd known to incorporate in my planning. I never really thought about what's the next role for me. I rolled with it, saw what came up. And I think sometimes if you don't want an internal promotion or you don't feel that there's going to be scope for an internal promotion, then it's perfectly okay to be thinking 90 days in, okay, I am going to probably want to move externally and that in itself then will shape because what that potentially means is that you look for those external relationships or you might look for keeping yourself informed on industry developments so it doesn't restrict you to your next move internally it can also be externally and I feel like that's something that I missed out on because I didn't have you in my life back then. (laughs) That's the thing isn't it so many people get so caught up in getting to understand the job and where they fit in and supporting the team as a manager as a leader if you've got this new team you want to support that new team you want to get to know that new team and that almost becomes the main priority and while it is a priority you've also got to think of yourself 
within that as well and think okay so what does my future look like and even if you think I'm in this job for the next five years I'm not moving anywhere what you don't want to do is reduce the amount of opportunities that you've got in the future because in two years time or 18 months time you might think differently and by that point then you haven't got that hi I'm brand new to this company opportunity to go and speak to people so that's why I just think it's the easiest time so if you can plan out like I call it a stakeholder map if you can plan out all of the key people that you want to speak to you can make sure that they're planned in and one thing that I find as well in the first two weeks of a new role is that you don't really get any emails nothing comes through and you're twiddling your thumbs and you're thinking what have I done I'm never going to get up to speed with this. Like, I'm a little bit bored. Everyone's having these conversations. I don't know what's going on. I feel like I'm sitting on the outside and I just want in. I just want in. And and then you start speaking to a few people and people get to know your name. You start getting copied in on things. And then after about two weeks, then you're just like inundated with emails and you're fully in the flow. And I just think that those first couple of weeks are just like amazing to be reading up on all of the policies and the procedures and getting to know people and going to have, have a coffee with different people and even introducing yourself to, to the more senior people as well, because you knew. And then obviously, once you get past that initial stage and you're into the for that 90 days and and the next 90 days after that then you've already made those connections you can go back and say oh like I'm 90 days in now or I'm six, like 180 days in what are we like six months in now and I've uncovered this or I'm thinking this what's your view you've already made that connection at the start it just makes life I think so much easier completely agree with that and I'm going to ask you one final question which would be another one that would have been really useful for me back then and I'm just really interested in your view so I imagine that probably for some of our listeners the idea of putting in those meetings and having those initial conversations with people might be quite daunting I was terrible at small talk earlier in my career and so the idea of putting in these meetings that didn't really have an agenda but were just kicking off the relationship I wouldn't have known how to approach them so what's your advice for people then if they're in that boat where they're what should I yeah there's a list of people that might be useful to me to get to know or I might need to work with in the future like in that very first meeting, when I have a kind of introductory chat with them, how do I kick it off? What what do I ask? How do I actually start the relationship? Where do I go with it? Yeah, and that, do you know what? That is a brilliant question. And the way I absolutely hated small talk. In fact, as I'm not, I'm still not a massive fan of small talk. And just without going off on a tangent, I actually got pulled up in one of my performance reviews years and years ago and one of the only constructive point that they could make was that I, I could do it making more small talk in meetings because I just got straight to the point that was the only thing that they could pick me up on because it was like you need to come in and ask people how they are and come up with all these things and I was like I hate small talk I just but I've got no time for small talk but also it's just I'm just loving the fact that both of us hated small talk and yet we've now had this podcast for however like 30 something episodes <laughs> just chit-chatting away each week I know, 
it's so funny, isn't it? But I think what I learned with small talk, I used to really get wound up about it and really it would give me anxiety because I'd be thinking, oh, there's only so many questions. Oh, the weather's nice today, isn't it? Or it's raining or you got any holidays planned in or have you got any kids? And it used to like, I used to feel sick because I'd be like, there's only so many questions I can ask and I don't want it to feel like an interrogation. So what I did and what I learned early on in my career was rather than asking people a load of questions I would just simply say to them thanks for meeting with me today I really appreciate your time and what I want to know from you really is what your role is and how my role works with you and that was really where I started now what that opened up was everybody loves to talk about what their contribution is. Even the more senior leaders, it would be like they would talk to me about what they did and then where they felt like my team and me fitted into that. And then on the back of that, I was able to ask some more probing questions depending on what came up. But what I did was not get too wound up about keeping that conversation flowing because once you've asked initially, what is it? that you do how do you fit into the business and then how do you think me and my team fit in with what you do or how do we impact you and then then you can ask things around what have the challenges been you know what do you think my priorities should be so you're very much rather than trying to make small talk and create a conversation what you're doing is you're just opening up for them to share their thoughts around what they do and also where they think that you fit in and then obviously then that will then inform how you plan and move forward because then you've got their view so you can then make a call on how you work with them is there an element of influence and that's going to be needed in the future you can start working out what's going on and where do those people see you fitting in and that was the way I found it to be easy to get that conversation flowing and took the pressure off me trying to think of a million questions to ask to to get the conversation flowing so you're just being interested like we talked about in the networking podcast yeah and similar but slightly different question that I got to start using that I found really helpful in those situations was or before we get straight down to business I'm just really interested tell me a bit about like your career story how did you get to be doing this role what what's been your previous experiences and it's a similar idea that it just opens it up and people love to be asked about themselves and I've also used that in situations where it wasn't just an introductory chat meeting that was booked in but actually where it was a business meeting a functional meeting for a specific reason and I've used that to break the ice and said before we get to that it's the first time that we've had a conversation I'd just love to know a bit more about you as a person how long have you been here? What, you know, where were you before? And just ask them about a bit about their career story. And I found that's opened up some really interesting conversations. And often as well, people reciprocate. Like when you've asked them those questions, then they will ask you. And what that helps is you then can talk about some of your previous experiences in the context of what they've shared. So you can highlight things that you know will be points of connection. You can talk about that you've worked in similar size of businesses or that you've worked in a different industry that they've also worked in previously. There'll be points of similarity that allow you to create that connection with people that will come from that kind of very open, just 
tell me a bit more about your career story. And people aren't used to being asked it. And in my experience, they actually really like it because it's always oh, quite nice, actually, to just tell you a bit about me. And it rolls off the tongue. So, yeah, hopefully that will help people with that initial because like I say that is one that I definitely wish that I had known earlier than I did yeah and just them two questions alone just like asking about their career story and asking them what they contribute to the business right now that is more than enough for a 15-20 minute catch-up meeting hello meeting so I think that's perfect isn't it so it doesn't matter if you worry about small talk like you can just get the answers to those two questions and then be on your way so I think just keeping those as you know write it put them in the notes in your phone so you never forget them (laughs) you've got them there just put first 90 days questions and and then yeah keep all the information together and then refer to it like that is what I tell all my clients to do anything useful that you hear on podcasts or anywhere keep it in the notes on your phone so you can always refer back to it perfect thank you I have loved hearing about that because although we both work with clients in different ways so you help them get the role and then set them up for the first 90 days whereas I tend to work with people once they've been promoted so it's just really interesting to hear how without ever having talked about it before how similar our processes are for those kind of first 90 day plans so I hope that has been of some value for you if you are listening and in that situation and that brings us to the end for this week As ever, if you have got any topics you'd like us to cover, then do connect with us on social media, drop us a DM and just let us know what you would like us to cover and do rate, review, share the episodes that have been useful to you. We would love to know that it is being shared with people who will find value from it. Thanks for listening and we will be back with you again next week.